Hello friends, I think today's going to be another short one, and that's only because I feel like I traveled for three weeks in a row, came home, got three teeth pulled, and all has been going fairly well, kind of like when you're building a beautiful house of cards, and then all of a sudden it crashes, which of course reminded me and my friend Judy of the Brady Bunch when they were fighting over the like trading stamps, which does anybody in this listenership remember trading stamps? Phyllis, I bet you do. Um, maybe Sister Susie. I don't know. I think, I think there's a moment in time where my mom had one of those books that you put the stamps in, but it ended pretty quickly, as it did in the Brady Bunch, too, which is why they were having the fight over the trading stamps in the first place. Anyways, the whole thing came down to a competition where they had to build a house of cards, and whoever added the card that created the house to fall, that team lost, and the other team won and got to buy either the sewing machine if you were the girls or the rowboat if you were the boys so kind of feel a little bit like a house of cards and that's just because life is busy and messy and stressful and I have been really feeling very worn out not looking for anybody to feel super sorry for me because life is good and it's always great when you can call your friend Judy or my sister Susie or you get a cool message from Paul with a great um, contemporary Christian music song on it. So life is good. But where do you go to when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're a little bit stressed out, when you feel like burdened? That was a little bit of a setup because we all know the answer is Jesus, right? Of course, it's like Sunday school when they ask a question, 90% of the time you can just holler out Jesus. And that's really not always the answer, but probably a good guess, right? Well, of course, in this case, when you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed or just heavy with grief or anxiety or overwhelmed or worn out or in pain. Boy, just my um, teeth getting pulled. Um, I've had a couple of those like little bone spurs. I don't know what they're called. Little pieces of bone that sticks out. Ouch. I had to go to the dentist to get one pulled. I actually had my sister-in-law help me. She used to be a dental hygienist. And I'm like, hey, Carla, can can you pull one of these out for me? Ouch. I have a pretty high tolerance for pain. But when it's ongoing, it kind of wears you down. All kinds of things that just can wear us out. And of course, Christ is the answer. Of course, leaning on him is the right thing to do. But are we smart enough to always go that choice? Is our faith strong enough where that is right where we go? 
sometimes you are looking for that immediate gratification. And so you call a friend. I did that with my friend Judy today, who then we had the conversation about the Brady Bunch and it was hilarious. And she's like, Chrissy, I'm surprised you don't mention that more in your podcast. And I'm like, I know, right? Kind of like the whole Hawaii series when they found taboo and all these things went wrong. I didn't really believe, I didn't really go for that because I'm just too big of a Jesus fan. So, you know, the little cool taboo wouldn't have freaked me out any. Although there are some things that I'm like, yeah, let's not touch because, you know, weird stuff happens and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to tempt Satan in any way, shape or form. But if it was cool enough, I would have just spoken the name of Jesus over the taboo and still kept it or not. I'm not really sure because that one was kind of a weird one with Vincent Price. Are you kidding me? Like, oh my goodness. Anywho, um, Brady's, there's always some good stuff in there, right? You can always um, take the Brady's and put a biblical theme to it. So that's where the House of Cards came in. But back to the actual point, sometimes we do call a friend or a family member, and that is good too. Jesus gives us tools in all kinds of forms. Um, human resources that we can reach out to in our friends and our family and our church and community and counselors and things like that. And that's not bad. It's not saying you're not a Christian if you need to get help from another human. God provides that for us and that's good, good stuff. My thought process and my faith always leads me to a God who will provide. And so I, I reach out to God and I trust in God and then he puts it on my heart or he just puts it in my path of something that will help me. And he just never lets me down. Sometimes my expectation of what God is going to do to help me out might not match what God is doing and then do I get frustrated? Yes, but hello, rude. Who shouldn't always trust a God who is 100% there and 100% faithful and never, ever lets us down? We let, it, we let ourselves down. And so I am grateful for a God who is there. And the Bible is full of of so many Bible verses that help pick us up and help give a whole picture of where you're at. And kind of funny, only not even funny as I laugh, um, I chose to call Judy. Sister Susie was at work and I was on my way to the grocery store to get something for lunch that had to be soft because of the three teeth missing. I'm telling you, being a toothless wonder is not easy. So don't pick on people that don't have teeth. Anyways, I called Judy. I saw her 
saw that her car was home or I, maybe I thought it was home and I called her and, um, and as I'm complaining about my sore teeth, I'm realizing that I am complaining to the girl who survived breast cancer. I mean, come on, chemotherapy, the whole nine yards, for heaven's sakes, who am I to bellyache? And she was awesome. She's like, you know, the struggle is real when you are going through something. And it's so true. We have to think about when somebody is sharing something with us, not from our own perspective, but from where they are. And being able to still give somebody comfort, even if you think, hmm, that seems lame, or you don't understand it, or you haven't been there before. Compassion is something that Jesus wants us to have. So now for a little bit of the scripture, but I talked about the compassion of Christ and how he calls us to be compassionate because I noticed in the scripture that I wanted to use the backstory on it starts with some angst. And the interesting thing is that this heaviness that we all feel sometimes, the, you know, no matter what it is, you're overwhelmed at work, um, in home life or being a volunteer or all the responsibilities you have. And like I said, all the other things, anxiety and pain and, um, you know, stress and finances and all those kinds of things. Everybody has that angst, even good people. I love the, I love the book of Matthew because there's lots of Jesus in it. And there's lots of Jesus actually speaking and talking and doing. I mean, that's pretty much all the gospels, but somehow Matthew has lots of the words of Christ. And so interestingly enough, the verse that I really want to focus on comes way at the end um, in verses 28 through 30, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. But it starts off with Jesus and John the Baptist. And at this point, John the Baptist has been put in prison. He's been put in prison because... He spoke against Herod, who had married his brother's wife in a very unlawful way. And Herod was really intrigued by John, Herod's wife slash sister-in-law, gross, um, was mad and had it out for John the Baptist. And I think they say that Herod put John into jail almost to protect him um, and to keep him close. Well, you can only imagine that John is scared. He's lonely. He's probably hungry, definitely tired. No way is he getting good sleep in prison. Um, dirty, grimy, all that kind of stuff. And so he's probably feeling a bunch of angst. And he tells his disciples, go to Jesus and say, are you the one, 
who is to come or should we expect somebody else? Because he's probably thinking like, boy, I didn't really think this is how it was going to all play out. He's there and born. He's born to point people to Christ. And yet now he's in jail. So he's probably thinking, how's this going to happen? And so Jesus says, yes, report back to him, you know, all the things that I have done and that blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And so he says to, he also says to the people, like, what did you expect when you went to see John the Baptist? And then he speaks high praise of John and says that among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. And he also talks about the scripture that, um, that it was the prophets had prophesied that John would come to point people to Jesus. And he said, you know, no matter what, people aren't going to believe, people are going to question. And he's like, he then began to talk about these towns in which most of his miracles had performed but nobody repented. And he was just saying, you know, like, shame on these towns. Like, here, all these great things are happening. And nobody is repenting. And so he's saying that he, you know, he, he's just showing us that the world is full of all kinds of trouble and strife. And he says, and then he prays, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. And then he puts out an invite. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <sighs> Isn't that the words we need to hear? I do. I know that is the verse that gave me hope. For me, I kept thinking and I keep thinking, okay, when I'm done with this trip, it will be better. Or when I get home from the final trip, then I'll be able to rest a little bit. Or when I get done with that one meeting, or if I just finish doing this one volunteer thing, or if I just like, you know, if I get my kitchen cleaned up or if I get my office organized or, you know, if I get all my laundry done or if I just start walking again or definitely eating better as I have completely lived on Culver's marshmallow and chocolate 
shakes. It's really marshmallow and hot fudge because the girl at Culver's recommended it. And who doesn't need the hot fudge over just the regular chocolate syrup? Do you know what I'm saying? And when you're a toothless wonder, this shake is delicious and it fills you up and you're not so hangry. You know what I'm saying? Boy, I really did feel for John in prison because he couldn't have a Culver shake. That is such a shame. Anyways, what's my point? My point is, isn't that sad when you get off the point because you're talking about a Culver shake, but you can't do it yourself. That's what the point is. It isn't what I do. It's what Christ does for me. And I don't think, I think any of us that look for self-help are going to be disappointed. And not, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are those moments where somebody is very self-motivated and self-determined and self, um, oh, what's the word? Like, you know, has the initiative and, you know, the determination and the moxie and all that good stuff. And you can, you can do lots and lots of good things. And there's good in that. Again, let's not forget who all those gifts come from. But at some point, it stops. At some point, you continue just to chase the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. For what? You know, there's always somebody that is going to be better than you, be smarter than you, be faster than you, be ahead of the game, smarter, whatever. And that's okay. When we put our trust and our faith in a God who is faithful and a God who is willing to take our burdens on and trade his yoke for our yoke and his yoke is easy and his burden is light, then life is worth living and it doesn't feel so angsty. <laughs> I don't even think that's a word, but I enjoy it. But when you have that moment, I right now am feeling a little bit like my yoke has been lightened just by talking about this. And it makes me feel good to know I'm not a failure just because I've run myself ragged. And so it's okay to feel that way. And it's okay to not rely on yourself to get out of that feeling. I love the fact that in those verses, he says he is gentle and humble in heart. He's not saying like, I'm so great. I can do this for you. And, you know, I'm the savior of the world and I'm just going to do all these things. He's, he gets it. He's speaking to us so softly and so gently and then he says, we're going to find rest for our souls. Oh my gosh, that is so comforting. It reminds me to when I read this verse of a song and there's a, a band of two, um, 
and the band was called Lost and Found. And they were two men that were amazing, Michael and George. I wish I could remember their last names right at the moment, but Michael and George were phenomenal and fun and quirky and interesting. But there was a song that they sang called Be Not Afraid. Um, anyways, Be Not Afraid was really talking about, um, you know, Jesus is here and he's going to take care of us. But he says, um, be not ashamed, lose not your sight. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I am strong enough to save. I am risen from the grave. I'm the promise. I'm the lamb. I am. And then in the verses, it talks about people that have definitely made mistakes. The one I kiss is the one you take. Clearly Judas. I promised the Lord that I would stay awake. That was Peter, James, and John. I swear to you that I don't know the man. That was Peter. Let his blood be on you. I have washed my hands. That is Pontius Pilate. Um, then in the next verse, he says, let's kill him. He's the vineyard owner's son. That was a parable. I've never strayed. Why the party for the prodigal one? You know, the prodigal son song. Um, where were you, Lord? Our brother died. That was Mary and Martha. I won't believe till I see his hands and I touch his side. That was doubting Thomas. Um, and then, of course, after each of the verses, he says, be not afraid, be not alone. I've come to take you home. Be not alone. Be not ashamed. I've called you by your name. Be not ashamed. Lose not your sight. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm strong enough to save. I am risen from the grave. I'm the promise, I'm the lamb. And in the final verse, he says, son of God and son of man, I've come to save and not to damn, I am. Love that so much. And I love how it references Matthew 11. Um, for, my, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's where we go to get that rest. For someone who said she was going to keep it short, I didn't do that good of a job of it. But there was just a whole lot in that Matthew chapter 11, if you know what I'm saying. And, you know, the whole Brady Bunch house of cards. And if you're feeling like that, and if you're feeling like you're weary and you need some rest, all I'm saying is, here's a story of a man named Jesus who was really the Holy Son of God. Come on, that was kind of epic, don't you think? ending it on the whole Brady Bunch with Jesus. That's just good stuff. And hopefully, if you feel a little bit um, burdened today, hopefully this has lightened your load and given you a place to go to, a person to go to, a savior to go to in Jesus. And I just pray that this week is light and easy and fun. And if you need prayers, um, email me, hippiechristianwhocares at gmail.com. And I will pray for all my listeners anyways, because I love you all. Have a wonderful week.